first trending 10 of 2023, and you probably have one of these in your back issue bin, if not all of them. Let's get into it. Another year, another list of the trending comics in the comic book marketplace. Hit the like and subscribe. Our Overstreet Price Get Advisor is going to hit you at number 10. You probably got the B cover. But did you get the one in 50? Number 10 on the list, Poison Ivy number eight. The Jenny Frizen cover, the one in 50 foil variant. Now she has been doing an astounding job on the B covers for this book. And every single time she does a DC cover, it is absolutely astounding. You know you can get the one with the trade dress for this for basically cover price, but this foil one is performing very well this week. So yeah, this book is brand new this week. It's seeing $55 averages and we do have a high raw sale of $75. Uh, I just got to say, too, this is one of my favorite books of the year. We're working on a top 10 list on the channel here, and this book will be on it, and it will be pretty high. Uh, One of the reasons I love it so much is because every single issue has banger covers. Like, across the board, you got variant artists. You got, like, Art Germ doing a really cool variant here. You've got Jeff Dacal, who I really love. Uh, Alvaro Martinez Bueno from Nice House in the Lake did a really cool variant for this book. Joshua Middleton, Dan Panosian, Tula Lote, Jenny Frizen's on, like, every single issue for this series. And then you even have uh, Magic the Gathering artist Seb McKinnon doing his first comic book cover on issue number three, the 1 in 50 variant as well. It's awesome to see Seb jump from doing gaming fantasy art to DC, and I really hope he continues. But one of the other cool things about this book is that it started out as a miniseries, six-issue miniseries, and it has been so popular that they've expanded it to a 12-issue maxi-series. Poison Ivy, getting back to her anti-hero villainous roots, separated from Mother Nature in a way that she has never been trying to rekindle that along the way taking us across country doing some bioterrorism last of us style if you enjoy growths if you enjoy like mushrooms and fungi you're gonna really like this disturbing yet beautiful love story and at the list at number nine moving from flora to fauna we have fantastic four 185 from 1977 that's a lot of f's That's a lot of rabbits. Now, this is the first appearance of Nicholas Scratch, a warlock whose shape changes into a rabbit. Also happens to be Agatha Harkness' son. We are seeing $30 average sales and a CGC 9.8 for $459. We also have a recent 9.6 sale for $170. In March of last year, we found out that they had actually shot senior Scratchy scenes for the WandaVision show, but didn't fully flesh them out with CGI and we stopped talking about him. Well, we are now doing principal photography and there is more casting news of other witches in the coven for the new Agatha show, bringing up more speculation that Scratch will be back. So we're seeing a 200% increase in copies sold on this book, which implies that there's some kind of action on here. People are just crazy about Agatha spec right now because like Russ said, it is currently filming. It will, it will release sometime 2023. And while researching for this, I found this clip from like two years ago when Kevin Smith had the director of WandaVision, Matt Shackman on his podcast, Fat Man Beyond, and they talked about the finale of WandaVision and um, the un the unresolved threads of Senior Scratchy, and Matt Shackman actually revealed that they had planned and shot a uh, scene taking place in the finale where all of the cast members basically go down to the basement of Agatha's house to look for the Darkhold. They find Senior Scratchy, and he suddenly transforms into a demon, and they have a whole chase scene around the basement, but they had to scrap it because the finale had already had too much stuff going on in it. This book was hitting heights of over $700 because of the spec and then this type of validation of the intention to utilize this character. And since we're going back in time, Salem Witch Trials we could see this family member of Agatha again. If you like this type of comic book news speculation, keeping up on this rapidly moving marketplace, 
Utilize code Tom 101, support the show, and better your comic hunt and utilize Key Collector Comics, available for both Androids and iPhones. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Russ Bright. I am an Overstreet Price Guide advisor, and I own a comic shop in the Bothell Mill Creek area of Seattle, Washington. I use this app every single day. It's always giving me new things to think about and new things to learn about comic books. And I thought I got right, and I don't own a comic shop, but I just <laughs> like hanging out with these guys. Next on the list, number eight, is Action Comics 835. This is the first appearance of the villain Livewire in the mainstream DC continuity. A character that would debut on screen for the first time in 1997, Superman the Animated Series, then find herself premiering in a comic, essentially retelling her origin story in Superman Adventures number five. And because this wasn't in DC continuity, it wouldn't be until this book on the list that she would be introduced to the DC world at large in comic books, which is why this is a key hitting $12 average sales, 139 for a CGC 9.8. The shock jock, the anti-Superman and Supergirl, because she was in Supergirl, radio host who hosted a event outside and then got struck by lightning when it started raining and became a supervillain. A 650% increase in copies sold, and we've seen this character for, again, the last 25 years or so, but suspiciously, the last few years, we've been seeing her show up more and more often in the DC Universe. So with news that she will be one of the main antagonists in the new Superman series, this definitely makes sense. So in February next month, we're going to be getting a relaunch. Superman number one, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by uh, Far Sector and Naomi artist Jamal Campbell. I really love that. I'm excited for this book. Uh, the plot description is pretty vague. It's just like, Superman is back. New number one. He's fighting villains. Uh, it, it doesn't really say who the villains are going to be. But if you take a look at the numerous variant covers for this book, you can see Livewire features on two of them. There's a Francesca Mattina variant that's stellar. The 1 in 75 variant is going to probably pop hard. Let us know in the comment section below, which one is your favorite? Because I like the Simone DeMeo variant. I don't even remember which cover I ordered for this book. So we'll see what happens in February. But yeah, let's get to number seven. Berserker number one. One of the highest selling comic books in the last decade, racking in over 600,000 copies ordered. Keanu Reeves' goodness, when the mainstream collides with the comic fam, you get Berserker. A very popular book, which probably explains the low entry-level prices. We are seeing $6 average sales and a CGC 9.8 for $65. There were two of those sales, one on the 31st of December and one on January 1st. Massively popular book, though. And we've known since almost the very beginning that this Keanu Reeves-penned book was going to be optioned for Netflix, a live action, and a two-season anime series. So yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, we're seeing a 114% increase in copies sold of issue one compared to last week. Uh, this is spiking right now because we just received issue 11 out of 12 a couple of weeks ago. And in the back, there was a letter from co-writers Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent saying that they were going to take a little more time to work on the finale for issue 12. That's going to drop in March. So people are just kind of getting excited and hyped up about Berserker. We also had news break last year that Mattson Tomlin, one of the co-writers of the Batman film, will be writing the Berserker film. He also did an excellent three-issue miniseries called Batman the Imposter, which everybody needs to check out from Black Label. So for a book that's selling for... Near cover price, seeing a $60 plus dollar 9.8 may not seem super high. However, it costs around 20 bucks to get the book graded, which means that most people who are getting this graded at a 9.8, which there are a lot of high grade copies, are doubling right now. So the book is trending and it's affordable. If you can find this in the dollar bid, pick it up. 
So this book has been described as kind of Wolverine without claws. You've got Keanu Reeves in this character that just goes around killing people and can't really die. The thing I'm super excited about is the fact that production IG has been attached for the anime. And for those of you that are paying attention, they're the ones that did the Oren Ishii anime in the middle of Kill Bill. I'm very excited. They were also the creative team that handled Ghosts in the Shell. So you know this is going to be high quality, violent, and Knowing that Keanu and Matt Kent are really trying to hone in on an epic finale, I think they're going to try to focus in on the vibes issue one provided the reader when being introduced to this character and the world. Brutality. Individuals getting their limbs removed and shoved through themselves. Courtesy of Keanu. Number six on the list, Blue Beetle Graduation Day. Now, this was new last week. We have been talking about Jaime Reyes on this list multiple times, and we all know that there is so much happening with that Blue Beetle character. But right now, this book, $4 average sales, high raw sales of $6, has actually introduced the sister of the Silver Age Blue Beetle, Ted Cord. And if you want to go deep in that one, you should be checking out Captain Adam number 83 for his first appearance. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We have casting information that Susan Sarandon is supposed to be playing Ted Cord's sister, Victoria Cord, and her first appearance is in this book. Originally planned to be released on HBO Max exclusively, getting full theatrical release, weathering multiple DC cancellation storms, and word of a character to premiere in the movie that makes their debut in comics in the last week when they are already doing production, this isn't something that happens often. That's true. We're talking about Victoria Cord again, Ted Cord's sister. She is basically in charge. She's not basically. She is the CEO of Cord Industries because Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, he's out there doing all kinds of shenanigans with Booster Gold and fighting crime and stuff. So she's the one who's running the ship and steering the corporate enterprise of Cord Industries. Um, so we're going to see her be a villain in the movie and it kind of, her appearance in this book, she looks a little shady, which makes sense because, you know, she's obviously going to be a bad guy. So maybe the book will get into that as we go on. Now we don't know if Ted Cord's going to be in this movie. However, there was spec on this blue beetle that debuted in the silver rage long ago when these rumors began to circulate. It looks like they all may be right. So the Ted Cord Charlton book might be tough to get, but similar to other DC characters that started in other areas, when DC picked up Blue Beetle in the question, they had them show up in Crisis on Infinite Earths number one in the early 1980s, if you're looking for his first DC continuity appearance. All right, we're at number five. We're halfway done. Uh, we're talking about Powers of Ten, issue number one from 2019. This was part of the uh, Jonathan Hickman-led uh, relaunch of the entire X-Men franchise that happened in summer of 2019. Ten Dollar average sales, $113 for a CGC 9.8. First appearance of Rasputin the fourth. Later in the timeline, taking on multiple mutant genes to essentially be a sort of super scroll of mutants. Now, the Powers of Ten line explored multiple timelines. We had 10 years in the future, 100 years in the future, 1,000 years in the future. And during the 100 years in the future, we ended up having characters that were Chimera-style characters that had different traits from other characters. We actually had this one picking up the metal skin of Colossus, the phasing ability of Kitty Pride, the telepathy of Kid Omega, the force field of Unus the Untouchable, and the healing factor of X-23. Because uh, House of X and Powers of Ten were written by... By Jonathan Hickman, you know going in that it's not going to make any sense. But uh, as a as a, honestly, I don't like the X Men. I don't like reading X Men. However, this miniseries is great. Like I love it. But once you get past this, you get into a whole confusing mess of continuities and delays, pushing books and and just ruining ruining all of this. Just read House and Powers. It's a great twelve issue combined. 
maxi series, I guess you could call it. And yeah, so a lot of the events that happened in that future timeline that Russ was just talking about are now going to be coming back into play for the upcoming Sins of Sinister event that's taking place in the X-Men books. A 200% increase in copies sold. Clearly, Mr. Sinister is proving to be one of the most perpetually relevant villains that moves the needle in the collector's market. Now, at the list at number four, we have Incredible Hulk issue 347. We have the first appearance of Mr. Fix-It showing up at LCSs across the country getting people to want to purchase his first app. We are seeing $20 average sales and a January high of $243 for a CGC 9.8, which is down from the November high of over $300. Now, why are we seeing a 440% increase in copies sold of this book? Well, the new Joe Fix-It series just started their day. And for those of you that like your 90s throwback, Peter David is back writing the series. This kind of falls in line with a lot of the stuff that Marvel did last year, where they brought back David Michelin to be able to do that. Venomly the Protector. We brought back Ron Mars and Ron Lim to do Silver Surfer Rebirth. We even had Chris Claremont doing Gambit. These kind of retro 90s throwback miniseries are uh, what I think are a perfect counter to the people who like to uh, complain about uh, comic books appearing on this list due to only MCU spec or people who like to say that comics aren't the same as when they were kids back in the 90s. So all you need to do is head into your LCS and check out some of these retro flavored throwbacks to get your fix. You gotta love that pun. Hit a like and subscribe. And if you want to support the show directly, join the mystery mail call. This gives me an excuse to send you comics every single month, and we got some hot ones for you. We have Thanos Death Notes, issue number one. Ken Lashley cover, going in one per box. That's a Davis Ryder Mellow Fellow variant. Team up. We also have Berserker number one. This is a mystery mail call exclusive. You can only get it in the box. Trade dress and virgin variants done by art director of God of War, Raph Grissetti. ComicTom101.com to join the community or hit the link in the description. And let's look at number three on the list because I think Disney Plus has a banger on their hands. Number three on the list, Secret Wars 2, number three, the first appearance of The Beyonder. Now, Tom and I have been talking about this for a while now. We're seeing $15 average sales and a high CGC 9.8 for $150. In February of last year, we had casting information that Lawrence Fishburne was going to be doing the voice of The Beyonder in the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur series. Well, with a new trailer, we are seeing even more happening before the release. And the whole series even exists because of Lawrence Fishburne anyway. It's his idea. He's the executive producer. So it'll be cool to see his role both in front and behind the camera on that show. The animation is slick. It's vibrant. The music is really fun. I'm very pumped about this. Also, it's actually going to Disney Channel, not Disney+. Plus. It'll end up there eventually. But could there be this extra layer of fandom applied to it because it's going to be on like mainstream television. And that is all like aside from the actual rumors that we got this last week, which is the reason this book is seeing a 345% increase in copies sold. Uh, there are rumors from a Twitter leaker this past week that the Beyonder will appear in Avengers Secret Wars, but he will be played by Jonathan Majors, who's already being Kang. So the Beyonder is going to potentially be a another variant of Kang the Conqueror. That seems very tough to believe because of how, wait for it, Far on the timeline, this movie is. What do you think about this villain spec? We need new, bigger bads to be introduced. And regardless of who plays the Beyonder, the Beyonder is probably going to play a role in some point in the future of the MCU beyond just the Devil Dinosaur show, which he will already be in. So 
either way, this book is probably a good buy. Are you excited about Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur? What do you think about this villain spec? Let me know in the comment section below. We're going to hit you with number two on the list with Dario Agar spec again. What's happening? Thor, God of Thunder number 19. This is spec that started before Thor, Love and Thunder, before the movie was delayed, debuted. We're back to talking about spec on one of the most notorious villains in corporate MCU narratives. We are seeing a $30 average sale and a high CGC 9.8 for $100. Last time Tom and I talked about this book, it was because Christian Bale had been cast and there was speculation that he was going to be playing Dario in the new Thor movie. Well, we found out again because the movie's been released and critically panned that he played Gore the God Butcher. Well, there are still rumors that Dario may be coming back, especially because of his continued involvement in Marvel. This Minotaur, the CEO of Roxxon, hasn't been seen in comics since uh, the middle of the Immortal Hulk run a few years ago, which is my, I love this book. This is my favorite section. That whole section of the book was fantastic. And yo, he gets like deformed by the end of that run. It's probably a reason why we haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, he's going to need some time to recover and repair. He looks gross. He got transformed into some kind of monster thing. It was was cool. Shout out Al Ewing, yo. Yeah, I love Immortal Hulk. I miss Immortal Hulk. But uh, seeing the Minotaur make an appearance on this list uh, is is another interesting rumor. We are hearing that Ben Affleck has met with the MCU to to potentially portray this character. Can you believe that? Because, like, I don't think he's looking for superhero movies to be in. I can't imagine. I mean, I know he's a diehard, like, geek at heart. Maybe that's what's, like, compelling him to keep trying. But at a certain point, you just got to, like, go back to what works, right? Especially with his career. Like, he's done Daredevil which was a, a not a good movie. And he kind of fell apart in the whole Batman Snyderverse thing. That whole universe fell apart around him. That's not really his fault, but that didn't really work. And then on the other side, Ben Affleck uh, directed an Oscar-winning movie 10 years ago, Argo. He does. He makes a lot of good movies that aren't superheroes. So maybe for his career, I, I don't know. I don't really, I don't think this is going to pan out. I don't see Ben Affleck in the MCU personally. But can't you see Dario Agar? Even if you can't, the comic community can, which is causing a 900% increase in copies sold this week. Whether or not it's Ben Affleck, I think we all really want to see this Minotaur on the screen. Let's take a look at the list at number one, the number one trending book to kick us off 2023. I bet you're going to be shocked when you hear what it is. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button, and let's get our blue Superman suits on. Number one on the list, Superman 123. And Ryan hated the electrical shock button. I just saw him cringe so hard over there. Oh Guilty. my God. Yeah. $6 average sales. And we have a high recent 9.8 for 92 US dollars. That is actually a Canadian sale. That was 125 Canadian dollars. So adjusting for the exchange rate. Yeah. $92 is what we're going for. Superman going full live wire, getting spiked up this week, courtesy of Tom Taylor announcing his run on Superman, focusing on John Kent, posting a picture revealing this classic blue suit that Superman got what was it, the 90s? It was late 90s, 97 to 98, when they were trying to switch up and limit his powers. Rather than him flying from point A to point B, this suit limited his abilities, and he essentially became a bolt of lightning. And I think this proves one thing more than anything. Not that Superman is super hot. Nah, it's that Tom Taylor is hot right now. His ability to kill it on Nightwing to the extent it did has spiked a book on a run That for all of 2022 was being critically panned. And the collectors know that and trust in his vision and went and bought to the extent of a percentage of increase of copies sold 
1300% increase in seven days. Can I get a hot damn in the chat? First one of 2023. Oh, Tom Taylor's been writing this series, Superman, Son of Kal-El. As issue 18 just came out. It's the finale of that series. But we are, like Tom just said, we are getting a six-issue miniseries featuring John Kent with this blue suit. So I'm very excited to see how that pans out and how it connects back to the 90s stuff. And as always, geek responsibly. Enough. Said. Comic fam, come join me on the best new place to buy and sell collectibles. I'm doing a newsstand high-grade ASM 300 giveaway on Whatnot, where we do dollar start auctions that last as little as 15 seconds long. The best thing to happen to comics since eBay. Link in the description. We have two other videos for you to check out. And I hope you're having a great new year. See you soon.